Welcome to the Husband Material Podcast, where we help Christian men outgrow porn. Why? So you can change your brain, heal your heart, and save your relationship. My name is Drew Boa, and I'm here to show you how. Let's go. Today, we are talking about outgrowing porn from A to Z. This is part two of the two-part series, giving you a key concept of outgrowing porn for each letter of the alphabet. Some of these will be new concepts and vocabulary words that you will want to remember. And some of these are old concepts that I'm sure you've heard before, and that's okay. It's great to be reminded. In part one, we talked about letters A through M. And today in part two, you will get letters N through Z. And by the way, Don't forget that for each of these concepts, I have included a link in the show notes for you to do more learning and research and go deeper into each one. N is for 90 days. This is the period of time recommended by certified sex addiction therapists for men who are just starting out the recovery, especially if you're married and your wife has recently discovered your sexual secrets. They recommend 90 days of no sexual activity. No sexual intercourse is probably more accurate, Um, but starting out with a period of 90 days for two reasons. Number one, it creates a safety bubble for your spouse who has been betrayed and is now experiencing betrayal trauma. And also it helps you reset your brain and have a clean departure from the way sex used to be. Because the reality is a lot of sex within marriage has been pornified. And our brains need to reset in multiple ways. They need to reset in terms of our dopamine levels. They need to reset in terms of the way we approach sex instead of a pornographic style of relating, as Andrew Bauman has talked about. We need to relearn a human style of relating, a Christ-like, loving style of relating, which is the opposite of a pornographic style of relating. So in order to do that, This 90-day period of abstinence can really help. And in general, whether you're married or not, this is a great marker to shoot for in your time without porn. If you can get to 90 days, celebrate my friend because you are retraining your brain. And regardless of the numbers, I mean, even 21 days, even 60 days can really help you to form new neural pathways in your brain. Um, 90 days is simply the recommendation for men specifically who are married. And I think it's a good one. And if you have been able to reach three months without porn uh, due to husband material resources or coaching or our academy, let me know and I would love to celebrate that with you. O is for the word outgrow. (laughs) I wonder if some of you maybe thought O would be for orgasm, but no, I'm not going there. O is for outgrow because at husband material, this is all about helping men outgrow porn. Some of you might think that I invented that phrase. I didn't. It actually comes from Dr. Robert Masters in his book, To Be a Man, A Guide to True Masculine Power. And this is where the phrase was first coined, outgrowing porn. By the way, this book has some incredible material within it, specifically chapter 21 on eroticizing our wounds, acting out old hurt through sexual channels, And then chapter 22, Pornography Unplugged, Understanding and Outgrowing Porn, those two chapters are some of the best chapters I've ever read. I mean, 
if you only read those two chapters of the book, I promise you it will be worth the price of the whole book. Um, to be a man by Robert Masters. And let me give you a little excerpt. Instead of repressing or indulging in our pornographic leanings, we would do better by exploring them and journeying to the heart of the pain and wounding that underlies them. Isn't that good? He says, instead of staying stuck in guilt for having a pull toward pornography, we need to gaze at it and our attraction to it with resolute compassion en route to contacting and openly feeling the hurt at the source of such attraction, finding the courage to ask for skilled guidance in this, if necessary. Well, that was a long quote. I hope some of you will get this book because it really is that good. Now, when it comes to how to outgrow porn and what that actually looks like in practice, there is a lot more that needs to be said. There is a lot more that needs to be done. And that's why husband material exists, to make it as practical and powerful as possible for you to have everything you need to outgrow porn. Um, not just the concept of uh, where pornography comes from and uh, some, some basic ideas about what healing looks like, but how? How can we make it powerful and practical? How can we create a culture of love and acceptance rather than fear and shame and rejection where we can come together and help each other heal? at the deepest level. That is what I am passionate about creating. That's why Husband Material exists, to help you outgrow porn. And I believe that for every person listening to this, outgrowing porn is possible. Possible is a good P word, but you know, the word I've chosen for P is plasticity. The concept of plasticity. Our brains have been called plastic, neuroplastic, which means they can change. And this is good news, my friends. This is our hope. This is our possibility. It, it lies in the plasticity of our brains. Recently, I was leading a group of men and I mentioned the word neuroplasticity, like thank God for neuroplasticity. And everybody started like saying, hallelujah, praise God, because it is his gift to us to have these brains that no matter how old you are, no matter how in deep you are, your brain can change. It can be molded like plastic. It doesn't mean that, that it can be manipulated and you can just take out all the parts you don't like and put in the, all the parts you do like. It does mean that wherever you're at, you don't have to stay stuck because of neuroplasticity. And if you want to learn more about this concept, I recommend the work of Dr. Caroline Leaf and her book, Switch On Your Brain. Uh, she is a cognitive neuroscientist who talks a lot about neuroplasticity and what to do with it. Like, how do you actually change your brain? Q is for questions. And I want to share this one with everyone who still feels like you have unanswered questions about your sexuality, unanswered questions about your recovery. And I want to share this quote from Rainer Maria Rilke. Not even sure if I'm saying his name right. This is what he says about questions. Be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves like locked rooms and like books that are now written in a very foreign tongue. Do not now seek the answers which cannot be given to you because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps you will then gradually, without noticing it, 
live along some distant day into the answer. What a powerful quote. I wonder what you hear in those words. For me, I hear this encouragement to love the questions, to press into the mysteries and the things we don't understand. And as far as I can tell, uh, sexuality is so endlessly fascinating that I don't think I'll ever run out of questions about it. And yet, by asking questions, by practicing curiosity, we can learn so much more than if we are fixated on trying to get black and white answers. When we live into the questions, we embrace a world that's not as black and white. It's full of color. You know, Jesus loves questions. In the Gospels, Jesus asks 307 questions. He is asked 183 questions, and he answers less than 10. Isn't that wild? Maybe healing comes not necessarily when we have all the answers, but when we are willing to live into the questions and love the questions themselves. R is for redemptive risk. If you were to ask me, Drew, what does it take to be free from porn? What does it take to heal? If I had to summarize it for you in two words, it would be redemptive risk, not a reckless risk like uh, using pornography or edging behavior toward using pornography. That That's a reckless risk. A redemptive risk is the kind of risk when you open up about a secret that you have never told another person. That's a redemptive risk. A redemptive risk is when you initiate a difficult conversation that you have been avoiding for weeks with a boss, with a friend, with a family member, and you decide to start that conversation and embrace that conflict, even though it's so uncomfortable, rather than attacking the other person or avoiding them or ignoring, you engage with curiosity and compassion. That's a redemptive risk. Or when you finally take action to begin that creative project or apply for that job that you've been too afraid to begin, that's a redemptive risk. When you decide to stop trying to heal alone and you join a group or you sign up for coaching or you get some kind of professional help, that's a redemptive risk. Choosing courage, deciding that fear is not going to control you anymore, which is so powerful. This is kind of a profound truth that's occurring to me right now. Fear is almost synonymous with arousal in the brain, in the body. So when you choose courage over fear, you are teaching your body to choose courage over arousal. When we take redemptive risk, yes, we open ourselves up to the possibility of failure, possibility of being disappointed, of being wounded, maybe even being re-traumatized, and we open ourselves up to the possibility of healing. I think redemptive risk is the essence of outgrowing porn. Because when we take redemptive risks, it's a, a process of growing up. It's a way of saying, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm an adult. I won't let fear control me and dictate my decisions. I'm going to live courageously. That is redemptive risk. S is for supernormal stimuli. And I realize this one sounds complicated. 
but it's really another word for what happens when natural features are exaggerated, which is epitomized by porn. And, and it's also been tested out in the natural world. There's this doctor, Nicholas Tinbergen, who did these experiments with animals, including with baby birds, to see how exaggerating their natural features would affect them. So when there was a mama bird coming to her nest to feed her baby birds, they created a fake baby bird with a huge mouth and very red skin. And mama bird would prioritize that baby, even though it wasn't real. It was a fake baby bird, but she would feed that baby bird the most because those natural features were symbolizing something to her mama bird brain saying, this is what's important. And in these experiments, the mama birds went for the fake exaggerated features every time. On the flip side, they created a fake mama bird also with exaggerated features and the baby birds would turn towards the fake mama bird every time. And they did other experiments with cardboard butterflies and uh, seagulls, like seagulls have that little red dot on the tips of their beaks. And if they exaggerate that, it, it affects the baby. So you see what I'm saying? When you have a natural feature that is exaggerated, even though it's artificial, our brains perceive it as a priority and it overrides all of our other instincts. And that's called supernormal stimuli. And pornography is exactly that. It's supernormal stimuli. Think about those natural features of breasts, butts, um, penises, exaggerated. That is pornography. So I think this concept is really fascinating and I'm including a link in the show notes so that you can learn more about it. T is for trauma. I know we talk about this a lot at Husband Material because there is no such thing as addiction without trauma. And for those of you who are thinking, well, actually, I believe that my problem with porn is an issue of sexual sin. I agree with you. And we need to ask the question, why? Why is it this specific type of sin? Why not another type of sin? The types of sin that we are most susceptible to are directly influenced by the ways that we have suffered in our lives. So if you don't like the word trauma, maybe try the word suffering or stress or pain, uh, wounding. As we grow up, as we go through life, none of us are immune to damage. And it's those places of our hearts where we have been damaged that we are most likely to sin, including sexually. Here's a quote from Dr. Gabor Mate, which explains this dynamic so beautifully. He says, addiction is neither a choice nor a disease, but originates in a human being's desperate attempt to solve a problem. The problem of emotional pain, of overwhelming stress, of lost connection, of loss of control, of a deep discomfort with the self. In short, it is a forlorn attempt to solve the problem of human pain. Hence my mantra. The question is not why the addiction, but why the pain? When you can answer that question, why the pain? Where is this pain coming from? That gives you a great starting point towards healing.
Now, revealing our trauma is not the same as healing our trauma, which is why we need to experience it. We can't just get all the information and think, oh, yep, now I'm good to go. We need to experience healing. And that comes from redemptive risk, and that can include spiritual experiences and therapeutic experiences. That can include experiences in healing relationships. I mean, there are so many ways that trauma can be healed. There are so many ways that Jesus can heal through all kinds of crazy stuff. And that's a beautiful thing. And I'm learning to embrace that. I'm learning to live into the questions. I'm learning to live into the tension that, you know what? I don't fully understand how healing works. I continue to experience more and more of it. I continue to need more and more of it. And that's okay with me. And I'm living in this tension between understanding that spirituality, my relationship with Jesus is a huge part of my healing and trauma, childhood experiences are at the core of a lot of what needs to be healed. And there are some really wonderful evidence-based treatments for trauma that are continuing to emerge and that I've begun to experience. And they're really awesome, including internal family systems, which we talked about in part one of this series. One of my dreams is to create a podcast series on the different approaches to treating trauma and how each one can be beneficial in outgrowing pornography. If you want to learn more about the relationship between trauma and sexuality and how your story has influenced your specific sexual struggles, the best book that I recommend most often is Unwanted. So you is for Unwanted, How Sexual Brokenness Reveals Our Way to Healing by Jay Stringer. This book came out in 2018, and I had the privilege of working with Jay Stringer to create a workbook for it. So you can get the Unwanted Digital Workbook at the link in the show notes, and that will guide you through this amazing book. Some of the most profound insights I've learned about healing trauma have come from something called polyvagal theory, which was developed by Stephen Porges and a therapist named Deb Dana. And they have taught me about this next concept. V is for vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is part of the parasympathetic nerve system. Uh, the word vagus means wanderer because this nerve goes all over it. It's connected to your face, your heart, your hands. It's connected to your digestive system and Polyvagal theory is the idea that within the vagus nerve, there are two pathways. And if I have to really oversimplify it just to fit into this podcast, those two pathways are the pathway of disconnection and detachment and the pathway of safe connection and safe attachment. The pathway of disconnection or detachment is called the dorsal vagal pathway, where your body shuts down, it, it collapses, you go into uh, a lowered state of functioning, which is what animals do when a predator is closing in and they've given up. That's what our bodies do when we are overwhelmed by stress, we feel trapped and we give up. And it is this pathway that I believe is traveled over and over again when we turn to porn. It is the dorsal vagal system disconnecting from reality, detaching from the world, and escaping into somewhere else while our physical body and our, and our brain are conserving energy, going to, into a lower state of functioning just to get through life. Now, when we are overwhelmed by stress, 
there is that pathway of disconnection that we can take. And there is also the pathway of connection. There's also the pathway of social engagement. There's the pathway that is called the ventral vagal pathway, which is what activates our social engagement system of relating, of actual connection and intimacy. So when we are overwhelmed by stress and instead of disconnecting, we choose to connect, we are strengthening that ventral vagal pathway. Or when you call someone because you are stressed or because you are sexually triggered and they're not, and they're able to just relate to you and be with you, that ventral vagal energy will transfer to you. And you get to borrow their brain for a little while. That's one of those reasons why calling another man when you're struggling is so important. One of the reasons why I need to keep doing it is because of co-regulation, which we talked about in part one. Well, the ventral vagal pathway, that part of the vagus nerve, which is responsible for allowing us to connect with another person, to experience empathy and compassion, to just be with someone without having to give them great advice or solve their problems, that's ventral vagal energy. And P.S., you, you know you have a really good small group leader or a really good therapist when you're feeling that ventral vagal energy and their system is helping to regulate yours. So you can learn more about polyvagal theory in the link in the show notes. There is so much to learn about the vagus nerve. It's incredible. And I've given you just a taste of it here in this episode. W is for worship because sex is an act of worship. Our sexuality and our spirituality cannot be separated. What we do with our sexuality indicates our allegiance spiritually. And I believe this is one reason why a lot of men have told me that worship music really helps them in their journey to freedom from porn because it is recentering our hearts. It is realigning our allegiance with God. It is bringing beauty to us when we are craving for that delight and connection and belonging and love that we were created for. Inside the Husband Material community, I asked everybody a question. What is one of your favorite worship songs for freedom and healing from porn? And the response has been tremendous. One member of the community created a Spotify playlist of every song that everyone suggested. And we now have a playlist on Spotify of 173 songs. It's about 15 hours long, full of worship music to help you on your journey of freedom. And you can get it at the link in the show notes. Okay, we have three more letters. Stay with me for the final three letters of the alphabet outgrowing porn from A to Z. X is for X. I want you to think of porn as your ex. It is your ex-girlfriend. It's like your ex-boyfriend. And it was a sexually abusive partner who you still have feelings for. And yet deep down, you know that this relationship is hurting you. And that's why, as Andrew Bauman writes in The Psychology of Porn, giving up pornography is not like learning to eat less chocolate or merely going to the gym more often. It's more like betraying a lover to whom you have been committed your entire adolescent and adult life. Not only a lover who you have been committed to, but a lover who has been ever more loyal to you. So I say that porn is your ex 
to first of all validate how difficult it is to let go of a relationship that has meant so much to you. And also as an encouragement, porn is not who you are. It's not who you are anymore. In fact, one great assignment you can give yourself is to write a goodbye letter to porn. I recently saw someone post his breakup letter to pornography in our community. It was so beautiful. It was so powerful. And maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe that's a positive step you can take towards more fully breaking this abusive, addictive attachment is to write that goodbye letter. And even if it's messy and even if the breakup isn't as clean as you would like, it could be another step towards outgrowing porn. And in case you are thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, this just sounds so difficult. I don't even know if it would work. Why is for yes. Yes, you can do this. As long as I am alive and I have breath, I will continue to let you guys know that you can do this, that you are not alone, that you are not hopeless, you are not a failure. You are in the process of outgrowing porn. And every step you take, even just listening to this podcast, is worth celebrating. You are already on your way. And I want to help you. I want to be here for you. I want to be your brother on this journey. And no matter how long it takes, I want you to remember the last letter of this alphabet is Z. Z is for zero. How much condemnation is there for those who are in Christ Jesus? Zero. According to Romans chapter 8 verse 1, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And at the end of that chapter, it says there is no separation from his love. I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, including pornography, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that's why I want to remind you again to always remember that you are God's beloved son and in you, he is well pleased. Well,